This morning we invite you to Psalm 40. Psalm 40. We'll be reading the whole psalm. Beginning with verse number 1. The psalmist, he writes, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and He set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And He has put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside to mice. Many, O Lord, my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, there are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire, Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips, O Lord, thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. Withhold not thou thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. For innumerable evils have compassed me about. Mine iniquities have taken hold upon me so that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of mine head. Therefore my heart faileth me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them be ashamed and confounded together that seek after my soul to destroy it. Let them be driven backward and put to shame that wish me evil. Let them be desolate for a reward of their shame that say unto me, Aha, aha. Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love thy salvation say continually, The Lord be magnified. But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, O my God. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of this psalm. This morning, for just a few moments, I would like for us to consider this psalm which is before us, Psalm 40. First few verses of the psalm are probably familiar to you. David 
here who is the altar. He writes, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he has put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Not only are those verses probably familiar to you, but later on in the psalm, in verses 6 through 8, we have several verses there that the writer of Hebrews picks up and applies them unto that of the Messiah. The title of the psalm reads, To the chief musician, a psalm of David. Just like the one that we considered last week, it has the same similar uh, wording. David is identified here as the author, and it's identified as being to the chief musician. The chief musician, and of course, this for that of the purpose of arrangement of the psalm, for that of the singing of it. As to the occasion of the psalm, unlike many of the psalms, which gives us a historical reference to the psalm, this psalm does not. However, the psalm itself gives us, in its content, information about that of what is going on. What is going on? In the first three verses that we read, we find David telling us of that of a very difficult time that he went through. And how the Lord delivered him from that of the difficult time. Later on in verse number 11, he writes, Withhold not thou thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. For innumerable evils have compassed me about. Mine iniquities have taken hold upon me, so that I am not able to look up. They're more than the hairs of my head. Therefore my heart faileth me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. And then further down in verse number <coughs> 16, he says, Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love thy salvation say continually, The Lord be magnified, but I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, O my God. Now, here in the latter part of the psalm, unlike that of the first and the beginning of the psalm where David tells us of that of a difficult time that he had gone through in the past and how the Lord had delivered him, here in the latter part of the psalm, we have just the opposite. We have that of David speaking of that of going through a very difficult time and it seemingly is that of a present reality at the moment. 
And that's evident from that of what he writes here in these verses where he pleads for the Lord to deliver him, for the Lord to not tarry uh, in coming unto him. You note in verse number 13, he says, Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. And then down in verse number 17, he writes, But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, O my God. And so here in the latter part of the psalm, we see the psalmist David here, that he is experiencing another, another difficult time. And he is seemingly in the midst of this difficult time. This time of trouble. And we see him calling upon the Lord to deliver him. To not tarry. uh, To make haste in that of delivering him from that of the difficulty. My subject this morning is... What to do when trouble comes. What to do when trouble comes. And I believe as we consider the psalm here, consider that of what David tells us in the first part, and then we look at that of the latter part, we'll gather some thoughts on what we ought to do when trouble comes. Beginning with verses 1 through 3, the psalmist David, he says, I waited patiently, for the Lord. He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he has put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. The first thing that I would have us take note of here is that the psalmist here is reflecting. He is reflecting. He's reflecting on that of the past. He is reflecting upon that of a past incident in that of his life. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. Here David speaks of a very difficult time. He speaks of himself as being in that of a pit, that of sinking mud, miry clay. He's stuck in the mud and He has no way of getting out. Now, of course, this is, as Don spoke of, is that of an analogy here. That the psalmist David is using here to picture that of the difficult situation that he found himself in. He was in a pit. And at the bottom of that pit, it was... Nothing but that of miry clay. There was mud there. And he was stuck. He was in trouble. Now what the trouble was, we're not told here by the psalmist David. Now, 
some have suggested that perhaps that the difficulty was that of personal sin, adversity, that of problems at home, that of enemies. It could be a number of things that David here was referring to. And likewise, in that of our lives, when trouble comes, it comes in that of a variety. It doesn't always come just like the past. It's not always the same trouble that we experience. David here, he tells us, he says, I waited patiently for the Lord and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. With regards to this difficult situation, David cried out unto the Lord. He cried out unto the Lord. And he says, when I cried out unto the Lord, he says, the Lord inclined unto me and heard my cry. And the word inclined here has the idea of that of one bending over. As we think of a pit, we might picture it that of someone bending over that pit and listening to that of the one down in the pit crying. Here the Lord David pictures the Lord as one as bending down, bending down to where he is and hearing that of his prayer. And not only hearing his prayer, but also answering that of his cry. Now, as we think about that of what David did here, as we reflect upon with David that of what the situation was, he was in a time of difficulty. He was in trouble. And what did he do? He cried out unto the Lord. Now what does that tell us? What is in this picture that tells us what we ought to do when trouble comes? Well, the first thing that I would draw your attention to, which you may not think about first of all, is that of what we've been talking about, David here, what he's doing. He's reflecting. And what is he reflecting on? He is reflecting upon that of what the Lord has done in the past for him. Oh, beloved. We ought to think back upon that of what the Lord has done for us as God's people. Because you see, when we think back upon that of what the Lord has done for us, it encourages us. It gives us, beloved, that of strength to go forward in light of that of the difficulty or that of the trouble that maybe we were facing at the time. But we would also say to you that not only did David reflect here upon that of the situation and that of what the Lord had done for him in the past, he tells us what he did at the time. He tells us that of what he did when trouble came unto him. He cried out unto the Lord and that tells us something. That tells us, beloved, that David, first of all, he looked unto the Lord. He looked unto the Lord when trouble came. He looked in that of faith. How do you know, beloved, that David looked in faith? Beloved, the evidence tells us that he did. He cried out unto the Lord 
He looked to the Lord and cried out and told him, Lord, I need you. And so he trusted in the Lord. He prayed unto the Lord. But let us not forget that of the first part of the song. He says, I waited patiently for the Lord. And He inclined unto me and He heard my cry. Beloved, it was only after David waited on the Lord that he found the Lord answered his prayer. Or we could say, while he was waiting on the Lord, that the Lord answered his prayer. The words waited patiently here. It may be in that of your Bible, off to the side. The actual translation of the Hebrew is waiting. I waited. Waiting. I waited. What David here tells us is is that he didn't immediately get an answer. No, he waited on the Lord and then he waited. He didn't wait for a while. And then give up. But he waiting, waited, he persevered. And sometimes that's what we have to do. We have to wait on the Lord, and while waiting, wait. Knowing that the Lord will hear our prayer. But He will answer. You note in verse number 3, He says, And He has put a new song in my heart, even praise unto our, our God. Many shall see it, fear, and shall trust in the Lord. David here is telling us that of his personal experience. Not only for us, but also, beloved, I believe we can say that David was saying to us and declaring it for himself. Because as I've already pointed out to you, that David here, he tells us of a past experience. And he's in the same, similar experience now. He's in trouble again. And he needs the Lord's help. That's like all of us. It seems like no more than we get out of one trouble, we find ourselves in another trouble. Trouble comes along again. David said, The Lord answered my prayer. He brought me up out of the horrible pit, and He put a new song in my heart. He even praises unto our God. Many shall see it, and shall fear, and shall trust in 
David here, he declares this. He wants others to know that they might likewise follow in that of his example. Secondly, David reflects on that of God's goodness. He reflects upon that of what God had done for him and that of what he did at the moment. But you note in verse 4 and 5, he declares, he says, Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside the lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. David here, he declares the blessedness of all who trust in the Lord. He says God's thoughts with regards to us, they are without number. They are without number. His works, you know what he says, he says, many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works. Or this could be translated interventions. God's interventions in that of our life. God's doings in that of our life. Beloved, this tells us of that of God's love. That of God's care for us. David said, the Lord took care of me. And he is reflecting upon it. And not only is he reflecting upon it, beloved, he is declaring it. He's praising God for it. Thirdly, in verses 6 through 10, we see a commitment. Let's read these verses. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have refrained my lips, O Lord, thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. Now, as we drew your attention to that of these latter verses earlier, we told you that the writer of Hebrews, that he draws from this psalm several verses and he uses them in light of that of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. And those verses are 6, 7, uh, and 8. And they're found in Hebrews chapter uh, 10. That's where the writer of Hebrews uses these verses. Or, or makes reference to them. And of course, his reference in the use of these verses has to do with that of the Lord Jesus Christ. We would say to you though, that the verses have 
two fulfillments. Two fulfillments. They have an immediate fulfillment and then they have that of a future fulfillment. The immediate fulfillment has to do with that of what is presently going on. You note here that David uses that of the first person pronoun here in these verses. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire. Mine ears hast thou opened, opened burnt offerings. Mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sin offering hast thou not required. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book that is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. I have preached righteousness in the great condemnation. I have not refrained my lips, O Lord, thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and the salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. David here is not the perfect fulfillment of these uh, verses, but the ideal that is found here in these verses has to do with that of commitment and that of the fulfillment of that of the will of God. And David here in these verses, as they would apply to him, he is speaking of that of his commitment unto the Lord and that of his desire with regards to that of the do, to do that of the will of God. Now, of course, we know that David was a type, a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ fulfilled these verses perfectly. Only it was not through that of animal sacrifices or burnt offerings, but it was through that of the giving of that of his uh, life. He came to do the will of his Father, and he did it completely, beloved. He committed himself. He gave himself freely <coughs> to do the will of his Father. <coughs> but not only would we say to you that there is the fulfillment in one sense with regards to David and then of course the ultimate fulfillment to do with that of the Lord Jesus Christ, but there's a third fulfillment we might also add here, and that's for each individual. Commitment unto the Lord. Commitment to do His will. Just like David. So we see David's desire to please God. His desire to do God's will. Now the latter half of the psalm, verses 11 through 17, is actually what is going on at the moment. In verse 11, David, he cries unto the Lord. He says, Withhold not thou thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. 
Here, David, he cries out for that of God's mercy, that of God's loving kindness, which the actual word there, loving kindness, is that Hebrew word, hesed, which speaks of that of God's faithful love in keeping His covenant, His promises. And so David here, he pleads with God. He pleads for that of His mercies that of His loving kindness to be shown unto Him His truth that the Lord would preserve Him. And then in verse 12, we see somewhat what's going on. For innumerable evils have come past me about. Innumerable evils. Again, we don't know what those innumerable evils are that he speaks of at the moment. And yet, as we go on down further, I believe that we could say to you that David identifies these innumerable evils with regards to those that were the, his enemies. But before we go there, let me draw your attention to what he goes on. What else he says there in verse 12? He says, innumerable evils have come past me about. Mine iniquities have taken hold upon me. My iniquities, my sins have taken hold upon me. Not only was David dealing with that of trouble on that of the outside, but he was also dealing, beloved, with that of problems as far as inside. Internally. Himself. David confesses that his trouble was not just that of those that were his enemies, but that the trouble was himself also. My iniquities have taken hold upon me so that I am not able to look up. They're more than the hairs of mine head. Therefore, my heart faileth me. These words describe that of, that of his difficulty. That of the trouble that he's experiencing. Then in verse 13, he says, Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me, O Lord. Make haste to help me. Let them be ashamed and confound together that seek after my soul to destroy it. Let them be driven backward and put to shame that wish me evil. Let them be desolate for a reward of their shame that say unto me, Aha! Aha! Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. Let such as love thy salvation Say continually, the Lord be magnified. But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying, O my God. There in those verses, beloved, we see David, I believe, identifies those innumerable evils that he was facing, his enemies. But not only his enemies, but that of his own, his own personal sin. 
And he cries to the Lord for deliverance. He cries for the Lord to make haste, to be hurt, to hurry, to help him. And it seems like that David would have us believe that once again that the Lord is waiting. That the Lord is waiting. That David's not getting his answer immediately. But we see in the closing two verses David's exhortation and declaration. He says, Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. As such as love thy salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tearing, O my God. David ends the psalm here with praise and seemingly not having his answer his issue taken care of totally. But with that of hopefulness. And not with that of I hope the Lord's going to take care of this. But with that of a hopefulness that was a assured hopefulness. And beloved, we can be assured as God's people. Like David. When trouble comes, we can rest assured that the Lord He will help us. He will not leave us. He will take care of the problem. Whatever it might be. But He may make us wait for just a while. So in conclusion, what should we do when trouble comes reflect on what the Lord has done for us trust the Lord tell the Lord about the problem wait on it and know and know that He will come He will work in His own time. Oh. Let us stand and we'll have a closing hymn. We'll sing Amazing Grace.
devotee of our service to the dead. That's what a dollar is. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to thee for thy children, redeemed by my blood and my holy love, Son. Father, we thank you that we have been brought close to thee through Christ Jesus, that we are thine by election. who are unworthy uh, who deserve condemnation punishment alienation or the choice that we have by the true Christ or truly uh, in this present evil world where we are needy or poor or we rejoice that you think upon us Thank you.